0: I'm outside in the side banging through the wire with
1: my 360. All right. Welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. This is the Mitch Education to Stevie B. Shout out to our producer, Cindy Ashby. You can hear all of our live shows on onthewakeupradio.com. Catch our replays on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. Go to our Cash app. Dollars fine on the wake up radio. Call in at eight four four eight one eight four four three three. Three dollars per minute. It must be eighteen years or older to call. Please donate two dollars, five dollars, a thousand dollars to our website and in our airtime. It's a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. If you appreciate the free content, please keep the methods uncensored and free, especially nowadays. It's crazy out here. You can donate to our PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. What's up, everybody? (laughs) It's been a while since I've done my pod. And I want to thank you guys for supporting. My numbers are getting bigger and everything. And I appreciate you guys following me on my YouTube thing and stuff like that. But I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Hope everyone is well. Today, we have a very special guest. This is a guy that has pretty much lived his life mentoring, helping out black men, black men in particular, to become on the right side of things. This is, if I'm going to have to introduce this man, his name is Yusuf Suda. Yusuf, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, 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 good. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I have so many questions. No, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have so many questions for you, man. Like, I was looking over your foundation, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Cindy because Cindy was the one that said, hey, you need to interview this guy.
2: And
1: I was like, hmm, okay. Okay. uh, You have a foundation called the Sonship Organization Foundation. And And can can you just, yes, Yes. can you describe, Mm -hmm. matter of fact, before we get into that, Mm -hmm. let's describe, let's talk about you, who are you to the public, please describe where you're from and everything, and yeah, Mm -hmm. well, this is the hardest part, that's,
3: um, um, well, Well, let me, I can tell you some of the things that I do professionally and perhaps during the course of our conversation, the who of what I do will answer the question that you asked. okay? Um, some okay. of my skills have to do with, uh, I'm an architect by profession, I'm an organizational mm. analyst, Uh, What I do as an organizational analyst is structure and restructure existing or future organizations, companies, or companies that are, or persons who are interested in beginning or structuring a company so as to assist them to know how it will function, how it can function, and what is necessary. Uh, What are the necessary elements to make it successful? Usually I begin, of course, with the... Executive or the person who is the founder or the owner of the company because that person is the heart, mind, and spirit of the something that he or she is attempting to create. So that is part of what I do as an organizational analyst, but I train executives, I do executive training, I train middle management, I assist in working and designing policies so the company will know what it should be doing what its purposes are and what staffing is required and what functions are required. Uh, I have nine sons. had two daughters. I lost one of my daughters a a year plus or minus ago. Um, I have done a few things in the course of my history as a mentor and as a uh, career motivation facilitator. i work for NIH, the National Institute of Health. I've worked for NASA, the National Aeronautic Space Administration, in programs to assist young people to do those things that they uh, would be wise to understand how to do. Um, Within the course of that time, I've done a variety of things. I'm a painter. I'm a sculptor. Um, So those are some of the things that I do. Spiritually what I'm interested in doing is improving the quality of life of those persons that I interact with in such a way that they assist them to become successful at something that they say they would like to be and or assist them to identify those things that they would like to be, even though what they say might be different from what they're doing. And so that's uh, that's part of what I do. The Sons Foundation is a foundation that works with young Men, usually I say young, not because they're necessary teenagers, but because they're younger than I. And most of the people I know are younger than I, because I'm 77 years old, soon to be 78. So because of the course of time and those things that have happened, in the course of that time, most of the people I function with are younger than I. But what matters to me is that fathers and sons, as the quality of relationships so that they understand the necessity to be good sons. Now, that's particularly important because it's the male that has to be an integral part of what is the family. You cannot have a single parent family. Families are defined mm, both true. male and female. So, so if one of those components are missing, it's like having three on the car, or having two missing, or some one of the four not there, you don't have
1: a viable
3: working vehicle, if that's the case. Well, the same thing is true with the family. We must heal the family. In order to heal the family, we must improve the quality of thinking, communication between fathers sons, mothers and daughters, fathers and mothers, because those components comprise the family. Given our plight in this country, the things that we haven't experienced, we should not experience in light of our involuntary uh, migration to this side of the ocean has caused us to experience some of what we are experiencing, have been experiencing since our arrival. We were fine at home. We didn't leave because we're dissatisfied, unlike most immigrants, whether they be European or Chinese or Asian or whatever the case might be, or South American or Hispanic, if you like, we were happy where we were. We didn't come here because we're dissatisfied. We came here against our satisfaction um, to end up doing something that we didn't want to do. Our ancestral lineage in this country is aberrated to say the least, and now we want to be a part of something that in fact has been stolen, which doesn't make any sense at all. So, my goal is to assist in the healing of the family by improving the quality of life between sons and fathers. And in order to be a good father, one must also learn how to be a good son. Now, it's not a put down to mothers to say that they cannot raise men, but that's factual. They cannot.
1: No, they can't. That, they can't. That they,
3: they cannot afford to do that. Now, so. That doesn't mean that mothers haven't made the sacrifices that are essential in order for uh, boys to become better boys, uh, but they cannot raise men. So we must do something to heal the relationship between fathers and sons, so that fathers are good sons to their fathers, and those fathers of fathers are good sons to their fathers. When that's true, we have a quality relationship between fathers and sons that in fact can produce better fathers and better mates and better husbands, um, etc. So there's a thing that I have aspired to do to improve that relationship. So Sons Foundation is designed, geared or aimed at healing that aspect of the relationship within the family. I
1: love it. I love it. You are a jack of all (laughs) trades. You are a jack of all trades. So, I have a question. So, we're working at NASA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of theories saying that NASA, um, but they, the information that they put out is very fraudulent. Would you agree mm-hmm. on that? <laughs> that? That NASA? Yeah, NASA, yeah.
3: Well, it, it, it has to be understood that every government institution, by the virtue of what they do, has to perpetuate an image, an idea of thought that may not include all the factual data that supports that which they say they do uh, that's the nature of government <laughs> so it depends upon what those things are that you might be alluding to
1: that's very true that's very true wow, I love the fact that you guys have a pledge of honor in mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love it like I was, I was reading some of their pledges, right? Yeah. Like number one, I acknowledge that one day I must stand alone without them. Yeah. Number two, I am a son a gift the two parents, a father and a mother. I know there are two sides to every story. Yes. Like that's so true. That's very very true. And one of the number seven is probably one of my favorite and my most important. I understand to dishonor the truth of my father's existence is to dishonor my existence. Yes. That hit me heavy because a little bit of information about me. um, My father, um, pretty much, uh, you know, my mom, and they divorced and everything else. But I grew up with a stepfather and my mom. Mm -hmm. And so... I've always had this resentment towards him because he broke up the family pretty much, you know, not being disciplined with, you know, his (laughs) salus or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I remember those days talking to him saying, Hey, I want to come live with you in a little bit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And while I was young and he would say, Oh, you had to, do some chores, you had to do this, you had to do that, just to discourage me from living with him. Mm-hmm. So I always had this sustained uh, for him because it was like I wanted to bond it with him mm-hmm. but his actions didn't show it. You mm-hmm. so know, I kind of like, I wanted to change my last name to my stepfather's last name because he's the one that actually maybe be honored him because of his actions and his words like even menace his word mm-hmm. it, but there's some people out here that this uh dishonor their truth of their father's existence due to the fact that oh uh he wasn't a real good partner for me but that doesn't mean he wasn't a good father it would be different if my father was trying to you know get it be in our lives and stuff like that my father didn't want to be mm-hmm. it so unfortunately you know things had to go but that was a very important quote for me
3: mm-hmm.
1: that was very important that hit me the most like when you were in sonship right mm-hmm. writing it down mm-hmm. was it just a group of you guys a small group or was it just Things that just came naturally to you guys. Well, all of
3: the things that you see here actually are of my mind.
1: Okay. okay,
3: okay, that's amazing. Now, that is amazing. Let Let me offer a perspective because it's useful for us as people who are the male aspect of our. Um, gender, relationship, male and female, to understand some things about what it means to be a male and what it means to be the son, you know, of both a male and a female. Um, we live in a country that in itself is a fantasy. It is an illusion. Now, well, let me tell you why I think that. We must understand that the creation of this country is a criminal act on the part of those who started the country. Here's what I mean. If you and I, I say, Stephen, (coughs) we're riding, you're driving, I'm a passenger. I say, Stephen, look, uh, I'm going to run in the store here. Just to pull over for me, please, I'm going to run in the store here and i'll be right back and you say okay uh mr suda or yousef I'll, I'll i'll wait right here this is a sensible thing to do and i come back and i jump in the car i say, stephen i just robbed the store step on the gas and you go oh wow man okay right and you step on the gas now that act has just made you an accessory after the fact
1: is with Exactly. exactly. The exact same.
3: same scenario. I said to you, look, Stephen, pull over. You say, okay. I said, but now I'm going to go into this store and I'm going to rob it. When I come back out, I want you to be here and step on gas. So if I come back out of that store and you're still there and you step on the gas, I just make you an accessory before the fact. Is that fair? That's a very good point. (laughs) All right. Which means in both instances, if you stepped on the gas and you drove away, you've considered to participate in the crime that I initiated, and you have subsequently become an accomplice to that crime. Okay? Now, that's not going to change. That condition is not going to change. Either one of those. Would make that particular, those particular scenarios accurate. We have been an accomplice to a crime. For African people were stolen, kidnapped, traded. However, the participation participated, however, the participation occurred. But we did not come here with the desire to participate in a crime. We are stolen human beings, populating a stolen land. Now, therefore, we are accomplices after the fact. Now, having learned of that, and then we want to vote, then we want to become a part of the Republican and or the Democratic Party, or we want to become governors and presidents or representatives in some form or some fashion, knowing the history that I am sure that most of the political minds of today, of 2022, are aware of, we are becoming accomplices before and after the fact. Therefore, the item of land that has been stolen and the people that it's been stolen from, and we've also fought the people who own the land to get the land from them and assist it into the Buffalo Soldier process, to help put them on reservations because we sided with the criminals who stole the country under the auspices that all men are created frequently, I'm sorry, free, with the exception of us because we are two-fifths of a person. And so the voting process that we are so anxious now to participate in means that we are willing participants in a criminal action that certainly is not resolved for any reason not legally and certainly not spiritually and for those who are muslims those who are christians and those who are judaistic (laughs) judeo christian it means that we're willing to participate in a criminal act and supporting that criminal act with the idea that god is on our side that's insane now that's factual what does that mean in terms of sonship if truth is a valid aspect of honor, if truth and ethics are a valid aspect of manhood and caring, if integrity is an integral part of what every father has a responsibility to teach his son and teach him responsibility and accountability to have participated in that which I've described historically and to willingly participate with the idea that some of this country ought to belong to us means that we're perpetuating the very insanity just the very thing that we want our children to learn.
1: It's not difficult, actually, it's very simple. Very simple, and that's very true. That's very, very true. So I have a question. Yes, sir. In today's society, we are seeing mm-hmm. a lot of propaganda to make the men more emotional, more expressive of his feelings, pretty much to be more feminine. What is your opinion on the state of manhood today compared to like the 2000s, the 90s, the 80s? What is your opinion on the state of manhood?
3: The African state of manhood and maleness has always been under threat as a byproduct of fear, kidnapping, and coercion to work against his will in something that is not his and has not been paid very much, if at anything, and certainly he did not consent to be here. Now, if you go and look at the Willie Lynch, quote-unquote, seminar, that's initiated that if you take an African man and you want to enforce the work ethic within him, you take the strongest of the African person in that group, and which is a seminar that Willie Lynch began or started with the plantation owners and said, Look, if you want to perpetuate the insanity of what it means to control this body of people, the one thing that you want them to do is have fear. So you take the strongest man, you tie him arm and a leg for one horse, another arm and a leg for the other horse, and you beat them so that they will go in opposite direction until they pull him apart and you allow the other bodies of people to watch that event happen. So what are you doing? You're deciding for them that if you do that which I tell you not to do or you do not obey me, this will happen to you. So that instills fear. Well, who do you attack? You attack the strongest of the group, not the weakest. You don't do that to the female. You do that to the male. Why? Because he's the lawyer. He's the organizer. Those things result in tremendous misgivings on the part of the male. You've taken away every aspect of his energy from him and instilled fear in him. And there's a two to 3,000 mile voyage across the Atlantic Ocean and you prevent him the opportunity not only to get away, but even have a way to get to to go back to the land that he is no longer physically a part of but not only that he doesn't know where it is you also do another thing you make sure that the tribal relationships of the people except that no one can speak the language other than that language which you teach them all of those things are the after-fact to dismantle the male, dismantle the family to disallow the existence of a family do not take and employ an entire family to be a part of a home of a given plantation, you make certain that no one knows anyone, no one can speak, communicate any part of any language other than that one which you teach them, and that's going to be a servile language, which gives them orders as to what you want them to do, not do, and you beat them, kill them, molest them, not only do you molest the female, but you also molest the male, if you ever watch a movie that's called Goodbye Uncle Tom, it is a horribly powerful movie to give me an indication graphically of some of the things that occur. All of these things have to do with what you will get as a byproduct of misgivings between fathers and sons, this continuity between family members, and an inability of that group of people to organize or structure any aspect of their life in a wholesome and colorful, meaningful, productive manner. And so the some of the things that we're witnessing in this period of time is a byproduct of that. No. It isn't that the time matters. There is not a substantial difference between 1619 and 2022. The only thing that's changed is the convenience or access to those things that people have or don't have. In 1619, you didn't have a telephone, but you did have fools. And in 2022, you got telephones, but you still got fools. So what's made? What's advanced? Certainly the technology has changed, but the human beings have not.
1: very true and that's very very true they've been attacking us for a long time you and you know what they've done they have figured a way to get to the female psyche to our sister psyche and attack us because one one thing that i've noticed is that if you go against you know these agendas the LGBTQ or the feminism agendas stuff like that you're going to lose pretty much everything you're not going to be able to live a regular life and work and all that type of stuff you're literally going to be <laughs> all your resources going to be gone if you don't comply and well, that's yeah. feels me but it's the same that go ahead I'm sorry
3: I'm sorry, I was just going to say to you, it's useful to recognize that what you're seeing play out in terms of gender controversy is nothing new. Realize that Alexander the Great, quote-unquote, a boy in his early 20s was homosexual. Right. Realize that you watched the series, the movie called 300. Right, the Roman. Okay. Okay, no, these are the Greeks. The Spartans, I'm sorry. The, the Spartans, Spartans yes, yeah, okay. It was mandatory, compulsory, that every soldier have a male lover.
1: Mm, but that was part of their culture, too. Like, well, yeah, what, do you think, what, what do you think that
3: gay relationships between males and females, whether they're Romans <laughs> or, or Asians, what do you think eunuchs were? What do you think all of it has to do with... It had something to do with the time, but no, it's no difference in terms of the human understanding and in incursion into gender and sexuality. It's the same thing. So there's a history there that oftentimes is ignored, and we want to attribute it to the time of that time, but is there any substantial difference between that and this? No, because the human being as a human being has to mature as a human being. And the most difficult things for humans to be is human beings. So sexuality and sex is an aspect of the urge between male and female. We usually learn by the male from the female, not the opposite.
1: Right. Right. And Better the thing not. is is that and the thing is is that they created this quote unquote gender war. Especially in our community, you see it all the time. How come I can't do this because I'm a woman, or how come he could do this and I can't? Like they want to make us equal. That has, and... it has to do with there's a difference between equality and
3: complementarity. complementality. Mm-hmm. So the relationship between males and females is complementary. It's not a contest of who's equal, who's not equal. It's one part. Second part is realize. This is the advent of theological reasoning born in the idea of Christianity. Thus, the subsequent religion that comes out of Christianity, which has its growth in Judaism, which has a subsequent presence in Islam. Islam of the three is the youngest of the three. Why is that important? This enforcement of the male aspect over the female is a byproduct of the confusion that resulted the interpretation in 325 A.D. of the Christian that which subsequently became Christianity and not understanding the aspects of Mayak or the Egyptian ancient religions that in fact talks about the 42 negative confessions or the coming forth by day. So the whole idea of Jesus Christ the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost did not come from Christianity. It comes from an understanding that was misinterpreted, misunderstood, which subsequently became the Catholic Church. Now those things are important because if you do not understand the core reason associated with that which is causing that which to be present and manifest itself in the present, the result is that you're going to conclude that something is true that in fact is fallacious. You follow me, Joshua mm. yeah. ben, ben Joseph, which is the person who is the anointed individual as Jesus Christ was a man. Exactly. Now, if, if you if you are then going to say, well, this man had two fathers. Okay, that's rather interesting. But then you're going to suggest that the man Joshua Ben Joseph, the subsequent Jesus, became Jesus Jesus the Christ with the assistance of Paul or Saul of Tarsus in the desert on his way to Damascus. And then that means that you have to have faith, not understanding. The result is is that you believe in Santa Claus on the 25th of December, which is the birth of Yahshua Ben-Joseph, and he's having five reindeers wandering the planet, giving gifts to everybody on the planet in a 24-hour period in an area that, in fact, has no name for snow. And the boy who was born named Joshua Ben Joseph, who was the copy of his who was named Joseph. But you're going to say these two entities are compatible. You are also then going to believe that in fact that bunnies, bunnies, rabbits lay eggs, chicken eggs. I mean, what are you
1: saying? Okay, you are you're preaching right now. You're preaching right, right now. We're no, going to have to no, take a mute. We are going to take a music break real quick. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm we'll gonna let you go in a little bit more, okay? Sure. All right. Beloved, beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life, life. All right. Welcome back to the Miss Education DVD. Having man discussions with my guy, Yusuf. You were just talking about how pretty much everything that's going on today is not really a new thing. Right. It's been happening for a long time. So I would like for you to continue what you were saying. The basic idea is to have an
3: understanding that that which may appear to be new is not. It is that we are not as informed about the past as we may think we are. Sexuality, homosexuality, relationships between males and males, males, and females is not new. The fact that the politics of the planet at this present time is taken on the form of that it is, is new for us, but is not new in terms of human relationships and interaction. Um, there are every practically every group that had a government, a king, a queen, or some kind of dynastic uh, relationship were confronted with what is the sexuality, how does sexuality influence the behavior of people? Kings and queens obviously is not new. Governance is not new. But how kings and or queens would handle their relationships with males or females is just shift just on the basis of a given philosophy or philosophical viewpoint or the intentions or concerns of the person who wanted to be in charge. Uh, the Chinese, for example, had a eunuch by the name of Zin He. Zin he Um, an extraordinarily wise person but he was a eunuch that the king or the emperor um, embraced because of his skill, talent but made him a eunuch because of his obvious sexual uh, fears of males in relationship to his harem because then her was an extremely responsible person that made ships that were four to five times the size of European ships and sailed across the east coast of Africa by, you know, by the hundreds to trade with Africans. But the sexuality, the, the influence of sexuality and sexual consideration resulted in this man being a eunuch. Alexander the Great, the boy, who had a lover on his campaign, as a young warrior, etc., all those things are true. We don't have to talk about the Romans. The Romans are extremely decadent in their interactions. The one of the greatest armies of, 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 that fought in Thermopylae, Ph- the uh, Greek uh, soldiers were all had to have is mandatory. They had to have a male lover. And That's the whole crazy. idea of mentoring came as a byproduct of grief um, influencing because young boys had to stay in the army for 20, 20 years of their life. They were assigned to a mentor and they would be away from home for whatever the, however length the campaign was. And of course, the sexual uh, promiscuity between the older men and enforcing that upon the younger men is a byproduct of that which subsequently turned a lot of these young men into permanently, quote-unquote, enticed gay males. So this is nothing new. I'm just saying to you, the, 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 the Arabs are... Oh, my goodness. How may I say this? The Arabs, as a group of people, are inundated with the idea of sexuality, which is why the whole idea of going to... To paradise has to do with the idea of going to see 72 72 42 virgins i mean what kind of nonsense
1: is that <laughs> yeah that's something different that's very different
3: okay and i'm just saying it's useful for us to have an understanding of things it's not a condemnation it is an understanding and if we have an understanding the condemnation has no value as much as the understanding that can emerge as a result of that which puts our understanding in a context in modern times so that we realize that what we're we witnessing politically i mean may i what is your age may i ask
1: i'm 29.
3: okay 29 years old okay so that means uh 19 years ago 20 years ago okay. you were a teenager
0: right
3: okay now Here's what can happen to you if you don't have children yet, but you'll reach a point in time where you will have articles that are older than your children. Mm. You know, if not already. Okay. Yes. My oldest, yes. My oldest son is, is uh, born in 1968, and wow. he lives in he lives in Atlanta. Oh, I live yeah. in at Atlanta too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I talk to my son about you. You may meet him. He may find you. you We'll see to it that the both of you need. But I say that just simply to say that when I talk with my son and I talk with him as I'm speaking with you, you know, he's he's my son. So I talk with him as a man talking to another man and that we as father and son communicate as you and I are communicating as two men. Now, saying that, um, there are articles that I have and have in my possession pre-birth. Pre his birth. Right. So when we discuss things, we discuss things from the viewpoint that it's actually okay for his age to be what it is. And I'm learning things from him and he's younger than I. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I always learn from other people despite age. Yes.
3: Yes. So what I'm suggesting to you is that we have to open up our understanding so that our participation in life presently has much a much better vivid understanding offers us a much vivid, much more vivid understanding rather than believe that because we are at a given time in this short span of seconds that we want to call years. I mean, the planet itself is several hundred million years old. So how much is 365 days times 72? It's nothing.
1: Nothing. Nothing.
3: Okay, so do not allow buying into the idea of a democratic perspective offered by an America and a Republican and Democratic Party that somehow this is something insurmountably magnificent. It's not. It's nonsense and child's play which means that that which is happening around us to us is our participation in it and the fact that we want to be accepted by it in itself is insane. You don't want to be a criminal, then don't be one. That means you do not accept the criminal to give you an offering of participation in it simply because he was
1: good at stealing. exactly and that's my thing I try to tell people in my family listen don't join these politicians they don't care it's all a game like I got out of politics and I've been <laughs> living on cloud nine because no, not only does it have like Masonic stuff in it but it just really doesn't help the black men honestly and I have a question Um, One of the listeners just hit me up With a question He asked well she asked Do you believe male homosexuality During those times is due to The stain they felt towards women That's a very good question
3: Well Let me tell you that's something I find very interesting In response to your question Um, My wife Had a, a Person who she considered to be A great friend of hers Okay, A male Okay, who was gay? Now, I later learned that this young man became gay as a byproduct of a molestation by his uncle, or I think his uncle. Yes, the very thing, the very act of intrusion and abuse caused him to have. A desire to participate further in the abusive activity that caused him to be the something that he was or became. You follow me? Now, that's very interesting for a bunch of reasons. Now, let's also consider this idea. It is the male that learns from the female about intimacy. That is generally the case. The urge, the human urge of sexuality is a common natural process of attraction between male and female, okay? The mechanics of that is not necessarily different <clears throat> from a male to a male or a female to a female because each of the two people have an instrument of sexuality that they're being introduced to find some way to appease the urge that they have as a male and or a female. Well, the female is the one who teaches the male about intimacy. Now, here's something that's very interesting as well. Once the male has been introduced to the idea of sexuality or sexual interplay or intimacy, it is the female who has introduced him to it, but is also the female that refuses oftentimes to allow him to continue to participate in the activity after the urge has been aroused and he has been taught what to do. So the very thing that he knew nothing about is the very thing that he quote unquote, for lack of uh, in an ironic manner to become addicted to is the very thing that he's now refused to have access to. That he cannot participate in without her participation, and certainly would not have participated in it without her instruction. So the urge is there. Now, the question is, what does one do with the urge? As males, we must learn how to do one simple thing, and that's say no. Yep. Is that mm-hmm. difficult for the male? Apparently so. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because time or too frequently, would offered the opportunity to participate a second or a third or fourth, fifth or a fiftieth or two hundredth time, okay, and take a person like uh, uh, Will Chamberlain 2,000
1: plus times, he has ability <laughs> to say no. Okay. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. But with well, Wilt Chamberlain, he's an athlete. So he has the money and all that, so he has the number he had that abundance basically. That has nothing that. to
3: do that has nothing to do with ethical
1: integrity. True, true.
3: <laughs> <You> see, my <laughs> point true. my point is we are obviously making exceptions to ourselves yeah, about what we are willing to do or not do. She going to make those exceptions. Then you can find yourself You know, I've never taken drugs. I don't know anything about them. I don't drink. I never have. I've never smoked. I don't do any of those things. So when people tell me about drugs, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the introduction of drugs into the idea of sexual intimacy, I can't tell them anything about it. I can say to them, however, I don't know anything about it. Therefore, to participate in something that I don't know, I've never done, in light of right. that, whatever is motivating you to do that by virtue of introducing drugs as a part of the intimacy, that endangers your ability to reason. Exactly. Now, anything that you do to to, to depreciate <laughs> your ability to reason, that in turn is going to become a problem for you because it also can lead to other things that you're going to put on the road to your destiny that only you create that you're not going to succeed at a, you're not going to get out of but you certainly are going to succeed at whatever you turn your attention to so I tell people you never you never fail you either succeed at success or you succeed at failure it's a matter of your intentions
1: mm-hmm. so
3: everything you want
1: to do you get it done yep that's how you do it. That's
3: how you that's do it. You do it. Now, that's power. That's a lot of power. But rather than embrace the power and embrace it to correct, improve, and enhance, we do what? We just simply find ways to enhance our pleasure concerning the something that more often than not is more destructive to us than helpful. Now, what does it have to do? What, how do we teach our sons and our children something that we ourselves don't know? How do
1: we do it? I was just about to ask that question. I was just about to ask that question, Yusuf, <laughs> because I don't have any children, so I wouldn't know how to, you know, go about it. To be honest well, with you,
3: well, that exactly right. I mean, guess what. No father that's ever had a child does.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it? Got it.
3: Because fatherhood isn't something that is a byproduct of having a baby. Fatherhood is an instructional process that requires that you have leadership, direction, understanding, <laughs> integrity, a sense of what it's going to take. Now, where does that instruction come from? Well, here's the beauty of life and what the universe had offered to us. We are born into a family, a male and female. We are the third item of that male and female relationship. That third item makes the family, which is our creation and our birth. What is more important is the family, not the child, not the mother, not the father, but the entire group, which we call a family. Exactly. If my friend here, as he shared with me, the absence of his father, well, he loved his father. Well, guess what? Let's let's make an assumption just for the sake of discussion and clarity. Let's say that your father was present throughout the entirety of your life. From day one to the present time. Here's what will happen naturally, assuming that there was no... African slavery, everybody was working, everybody was employed. And let's assume that your father made $250,000 a year. So there was never an instance where he could not take care of the family. There was no struggle. But here's what's factual. When you're born on day zero, guess who knows little or nothing about you? Your father. Exactly. Guess who knows everything about you pre-birth, which has been your home for nine months? Your mother. mother. Thank you. Now, when you are born, day one, minute zero, father's job still has to go on. So guess what he does every day for 15, 16 years of your life and years. He's working Working Provided Thank you Guess what he doesn't know Anything about his children And guess who verifies That they are his Your mother Mm -hmm. Okay So you heard the term Perhaps Mother's baby Father's
1: Baby (laughs) Yeah So you gotta repeat that one You definitely gotta repeat that one (laughs) then we got to repeat baby, that one, you too.
3: Mother's baby, assuredly. Father's baby, uh-huh. maybe. Because uh-huh. the confirmation, the existence of who that child belongs to, comes through the mother, and she's the only authority that can verify that that's true. He cannot. Now, having said that. If he's working 18 years out of his life, he has to wait until his son or his daughter grow old enough to come to him one day saying, father, dad, I need to talk to you. Then he knows somebody's home enough for him to have a discussion with because for the first time, he's getting a question. More often than not, he's utilized by mother to be the police in the house, the authority, the enforcer. That doesn't give him an understanding of his child, That makes him a disciplinarian. That makes the sons and daughters become one who is more likely to be fearful of fathers presence rather than be complimentary and instructive or students of the father. Now that's if everything is fine. Now we don't know. When you read those pledges that I've outlined, realize the son is saying that the fathers and the parents problems are theirs they're not mine I must allow them to have been who they are with each other and that I cannot judge if I do that I make an error in judgment because I cannot know what they know I cannot know what they did or didn't do and if I involve myself even in spiritually in that I'm making an error because I don't have sufficient information or data
1: to make such a judgment Now that is true There's a lot of kids That put that's their parents problems That put their it. parents problems On them Yeah, they don't have an understanding Of why that's, that's what a happened Sign that.
3: of immaturity That's a sign right. of a child's Immaturity That's what that is I mean again as I said I have a son You know yes. He was born in 1968 He lives there a wonderful man. Good God, good heart. But we've had to have some discussions to help clean up some things that he didn't understand. And that's still going on. Mm. <laughs> that's still going on. Realize that just because we are males and we are older doesn't mean that we are men. We mm-hmm. are males. Learning how to become men, maybe, it depends upon the quality of instruction and from where that instruction comes. I know some 65 year old boys.
1: And that's sad. That's sad. To be at that age and still have that immaturity in you, that's very sad, to be honest. Well,
3: I'll think about this. I'm an architect by profession, okay? Do you think right. I know everything about architecture? Nope. Thank you. So, when you're 65, I'm 77. Do you think that because you got 65, you know everything about be- being a man? No. One is always becoming a man, That's a process that continues to go on. If that were not true, the idea that the most permanent thing in the universe is change would be a non-existent actuality. But that is a fact. The only permanent thing in the universe is change. in itself is an oxymoron.
1: So I have a question. Yes, Just for the public, because I know you want to ask me this. What is your definition of a real man? a real man a men real man real men? a real man like what is what are the qualities to take to become a real man in your basically those things that you see that i outline on the
3: sonship uh, page they have to do with ethics integrity honor responsibility and accountability now why those five things ethics has to do with one's ability to make agreement a First and foremost with themselves You make an agreement with you And only if you make an agreement with you Can you keep it with someone else Is that fair? Yeah Okay. Ethics is the agreement that you make And your propensity To fulfill your word to others By virtue of the word that you give to yourself First and then later Integrity has to do with wholeness If I take a piece of paper And I tear that piece of paper. I have broken the continuity of the paper by ripping it. It's no longer whole. Integrity has to do with the idea that if I give my word and I keep my word, it means that you can trust my judgment and believe in my integrity that if Yusef gave you his word, you can count on it. Exactly. Now, that is integrity, it's wholeness, it's continuity, it's consistency. Honor. Do I keep my word? Do I honor my word? Do I reflect in my behavior that which I say? Do I give honor, respect, and appreciation to others? Not only do I require it of others, but I also outflow that energy and power to others so that they can say to me, that's Yusuf Sudan. You need to know him. Well, why do I need to know him? The only thing I can tell you is you need to go and find out. You see?
1: Mm. Yes. Now,
3: responsibility has in it two two parts. Response by definition means the ability to
1: act or react. So what is a
3: response? Act or react, right? Correct. Ability by definition implies knowledge, doesn't it? One doesn't have an ability unless one has information, thereby knowledge. Fair? Mm-hmm. So responsibility means that one has to know something in order to act or react properly in relationship to the something that they agree by maintaining the honor and integrity that they have associated with the activity so that with that being true, they can do those things that they say they know how to do or they are in process of learning how to do those things. Fair?
2: hmm
3: That's responsibility. The last one is accountability. If you then do those ethics, integrity, honor, responsibilities, the last thing, if you wish, is accountability. Then I can count on you and I can quantify what you do and tell others this is what he did. This is what he does. This is the accounting of that which he said he would do. Therefore, he's an accountable man. Why? because he proved to you through his actions and activities that not only does he have ethics, not only does he have integrity, not only is he a person of honor, but he also takes responsibility. And now here is proof of that through the process of accountability. So an accountant is simply one that measures the work that has been done and, in fact, can delineate that by telling you item 1 through 35,450,000, this is the work that's been done. That's an accountant. If you account for your money, you count it. Or if you account for what you didn't do, you don't have. If you look at it from a of liability, it is still accountability. You get my point? Now, if you are doing those, you're on your way to becoming what? A responsible human being who also happens to be a male. If you continue to do that, we can say this man, this person, this male has manhood. That's defined by the social interaction based upon a cultural base, whether that's something be in China, or that's something be in India, or that's something be in Guatemala, or that's something be in the Congo, or it be in Sierra Leone, or be in Morocco, or it be in Detroit, or Chicago. Now, the activities mm-hmm. is be different, but the accountability is something that can be noted, and ascribed, and attended to, and reported upon. You follow me? Yes, sir. Now, if that's being done, we can say that Stephen is on his way to being what—a man. Yes. Why? We can count on his judgment. He has the brain; it's actually
1: working. He does
3: what he says. He <laughs> said.
1: He'll be
3: there. He He Then you'll be there at ten. You can count by nine fifty-nine. He's walking through the
1: door.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Those things make it possible in the social and cultural realm for men to be defined depending upon where they live. That's just simple geography. But what's required to be Chinese is different from that in activities that may be required for him to live in Detroit. It may not be. But that's why he might be Chinese in China and wouldn't be able to function necessarily in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, does that help you?
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You go it down smoothly <laughs> you broke it down smoothly i also have another question too yep. the term toxic masculinity what's your opinion what? on it do you believe it's a term? toxic masculinity toxic max max masculinity Tox, toxic masculinity are
3: we talking about somebody who's crazy <laughs> or someone has a, 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 we talked about someone that has a, a personality management problem <laughs> someone doesn't have good reasoning or good sense so the result Sorry, I'll, give I'll, you
1: some, you have, <laughs> I'll give you some context uses you gotta be crying over here oh man um, so the term toxic masculinity is a phrase that's been pretty much been used the past couple years from um I would say the enemy per se. They use those type of qualities that you name, that you list, yep. as being toxic. Someone that's aggressive, someone that's responsible, somebody that you know has ethics. You know, talks to talk, walks to walk. But a lot of women today's time will consider that to be toxic masculinity.
3: Well, here's what that says to me. It says to me that we're employing as a part of our thinking activities that may or may not be valid in actual fact but may have some basis as as a result of one's inability to reason properly which causes harm, malcontent or discomfort to others. Okay? Now, that doesn't make those things true but it certainly makes life with people who tend to be more demanding or insistent in their having their way, it makes life with them very uncomfortable. But some of that has to do with one's inability to manage their own lives. Because if your relationship with a person is such that you need to be toxic with them, that means there's a lot of misunderstanding that's taking place. If that's true, then if the affinity, your closeness to that person diminishes to the degree that you have an inability to understand them. Whenever there is anger, there is misunderstanding. Whenever there is blame, there is misunderstanding. So a lot of it has to do with the inability of two people or more to communicate fluently in such a way that the energy that has arisen causes pain, un- you know, discomfort, and not all pain Necessarily leads to suffering But if it does That means there's a tremendous amount going on Outside of what appears to be Good sense
1: Right So the
3: toxicity right. is by product of practical Impracticality <laughs>
1: you understand what I'm yes. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying Yusuf. Yeah, I so understand I'm, exactly what you're saying But so we
3: have to <clears throat> the, the point I'm making at the bottom of life, my, my 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 dear brother is one simple idea. If one treasures understanding, just think about this for for a moment. If you embrace understanding as the keynote of your participation in life, that is to say, that the thing that you will treasure higher than anything is the achievement of understanding. If you do that and employ that as a practical part of your relationship one with yourself and then secondly with others the result will be there's nothing that you cannot resolve every time you get angry just realize there's something i don't understand what do i need to do ask the simple question what is it that i need to understand in this situation that if i understood it it will prevent the anger from taking place
2: yeah yeah
1: Yes, Got it? that's very true. God, now, I did that.
3: the power of understanding?
1: Because the power
3: <laughs> of understanding says something very simple. If I ask you, I say, Stephen, give me the definition of the word under.
1: What would that be? Under. Below. Under, below, right? Yeah. hmm Good. What, what's the definition of the
3: word stand or standing?
1: To be... Standing, Man, How do you describe that? Pretty much standing up. I am sitting down. I, I <laughs> am <Yeah>. sitting down.
3: <laughs> if I say stand,
1: what you gonna do? You use my two legs to get up. <laughs> get up. Thank you. So stand means what? Oh. Up. Up. With, yeah,
3: with two Legs. Uh-huh. Okay. There's an I-E-G, ing suffix at the end of the word stand. Being right,
0: what right. is
3: ISD?
1: Uh, the process of doing
3: bam, you got it. See that nothing like genius, right?
1: <laughs> right, okay. okay
3: so, <laughs> if, if you are doing something that in says it is in process of going on now, fair, correct. Everything that you understand is a byproduct of knowledge. Anything that you understand, meaning you can stand up under anything that you know, that's knowledge. So anything that you know, you can stand upright under it in such a way that it will strengthen you the more about it that you know. The two words, if you separate them, look like they're diametrically opposed. Under and stand doesn't quite make any sense. But we use it all the time without understanding The sense of its value See that Yes sir Now as a result yeah. of not understanding The word guess what it is that we don't do We don't understand mm. And the result is we try To stand under something that we don't know A damn thing about How do you yeah. do that <laughs> You can't be a good father <laughs> Unless you know what it is to be a father because birth in a child doesn't make you a father it makes you having contributed to the birth of the child the exercise of knowing how to become a good father has to come from other men who have been fathers preferably your own but if you can't Mm -hmm. go to your father go to his father because you have two sets of living encyclopedias called grandparents that are there to assist you to understand things that your parents can't tell you and won't tell you why? because they don't know not one parent knows what it's like to be a child. You gotta go to their parents to find that out from their parents. Mm-hmm. Those living encyclopedias are proof positive of the knowledge that you need to become the father that your father cannot teach you because he's learning while you grow. Right. See what I'm saying? If you disrupt that by dismantling the family Who is going to instruct who to do what? Nobody. There you go. So when you end up in the predicament that you're experiencing, it isn't because your father was a bad guy. He didn't know what he didn't know.
1: That's a very good point. (laughs) That's a very good point. When you break it down like that, yeah, Yeah. that's a very good point. (laughs) when you take it upon yourself to condemn him because
3: of his ignorance guess who's displaying the greatest amount of ignorance
1: I am thank you mm. <laughs> you, just did, you just did some therapy on me, <laughs> okay. Let me just, go ahead go ahead I'm sorry
3: no 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 you, you're doing great no, no problem
1: No intrusion. (laughs) You know, I'm
3: 77 years old. Okay? Right. My father was 22 when I was born. My father died in his early 50s. Okay? Okay. Fact. I hadn't seen my father from about the age of five or six until I became around 20, 21 years old. Okay? My father was my best friend. I say to people, my father and I were twins. But I also just told you that I'd had to see my father from five until 2021 years old, didn't I? Right. Okay. So something's missing there, isn't there? So how can I make the statement I've made in terms of the affection and affinity that I have for my father, even though the time, space, and distance between I And he, over a span of time, had that big of a gap in it. Fair?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Let me answer the question for you that you you can't ask. My father and I were twins. Why? Because my father had two very interesting idiosyncrasies. Mm -hmm. One, he never would buy a car off of the showroom floor. He'd always have his car made. Two, he would never buy a suit off the rack. He'd always have his made. Well, my father, whenever he had a suit made, he'd have me one made just like his. So Hmm. guess what we looked like whenever we walked the street hand in hand? Brothers? Twins? Like twins. You get me? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, so I learned things from my father principally that made me have a quality of affinity for him. In spite of the time that wasn't spent, what mattered to me was the man who shared with me his life, his understanding, and his way of doing things so that those things impressed me so they last still with me to this day. I would love to be able to talk with my father today who would be 99 years old.
1: Mm. I bet you have so many stories to share with you. Huh? I bet he'll have so many stories to share with you.
3: Well, it's not the number. It's the quality. You get my point? Yeah. There you go. It's the quality of the interaction and energy relationship between father and son that matters. Not that which one did not do, but what matters is what are those things that one did do? And what were the contributions that one gained by those things that were done? See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because if I do that, I can allow him to be as ignorant as he was at 22 as I was when I was 22.
1: Mm. You get me? I, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> so if
3: I... If I want to embrace egotistically the reasoning that my father didn't do what I wanted him to do so therefore he's a bad guy I'm the one that's being silly not him
1: hmm. now you make me want to get in contact with my father
3: <laughs>
1: now you want me to now you're making me get in contact with my father
3: Go to your to father and talk to him, man. Yeah. Let <laughs> me suggest this to you strongly. Okay, go yeah. talk to your father. Talk to him as a man to man, not father to son. Talk to the man who also is his father. Different conversation, and tell him that, Dad, love you. Okay, I need to talk to you, man, as a man talking to a man, because I need from you. That which only you can give to me. Are you willing to have that conversation with me? I'll guarantee you what will happen. You'll lay back and say, okay, let's talk about it. Let's get it. Do it.
1: (laughs) Yep. Got to put that on my list, Yusuf. Got to put that on my list. Uh Because if you
3: open up to him and allow him to be what he was not... At the time, he could not know anything other than that which he knew at the time. It makes impossible for him to say to you, thank you, son. Mm. Follow me. i will you. I'm following you. <laughs> if you give him that opportunity, that's the best that you can do. You can't make him do anything. No more if you can make him do anything before. Don't try to make him do anything now. And whatever it is you think he should have done may not have been the something that he could have done. Mm-hmm. Why? He operates from a high degree of ignorance, as does we all.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair? Okay. That's very fair.
3: So I'm, just, I'm, I'm just suggesting to you Open you up It has nothing to do with him Open you up So that you are ready to enhance your understanding By participating in what he Can tell you And only he can tell you
1: Just listen mm-hmm. Do what I'm saying you yeah that's yep i gotta put that on my list you said definitely i gotta talk to him personally though like i don't want to talk to him last time i spoke to him it was around like 2018 and we just talked about what happened but i don't see him i need to go actually go and talk to that man go talk to that yes go
3: sit down go sit down look at the person With your father in the eyes, had a conversation with him, and he gets a little talked out. I say, okay, hey, I got it. You're upset. Now my question is, what are you upset about? I'm talking to you as your son. We're two men. That which has happened happened. Now I'm not going to deal with what happened, I'm dealing with right now what's happening. Why between you and I now, right now, right. Now, he
1: may
3: <laughs> Out in anger He may break out in tears He may laugh And say well I've been waiting for this conversation I've been going for a long time You don't know
1: Don't know but One to try thing, You can find out can't you Uh huh There
3: One thing for sure you can't lose anything.
1: Uh mm-hmm. huh That's true That is true yeah, um, this was a great this was a great great interview I really do appreciate it. I have one more question yes. um, in terms of like your students do you have like any students that are like in their 20s like me late 20s early 30s yeah my oldest <laughs> <students are 28>. <laughs> <laughs> because I definitely had to come out to Las Vegas and did actually meet you, man to man, and get you know, an understanding of the son's foundation on a personal level.
3: Yes, my uh, I, I shared with you, and I'll share this with the brief mentioned to you that one of my students was a mentor who worked with me. He was in his 80s. He was the um, educational uh, director for education here in Las Vegas. Wonderful man. And he has, he doesn't have any children older than I, but you know, he and I are comparable in age, by a few years, because again, he was older than I. And he said to me one day, as a result of working with me for about a year, two years, he came to me one day and gave me one of the most powerfully painful compliments I've ever received. He said, Youssef, I need to speak with you. I said, okay, his name was Dr. Doctor Guryak. So what is it, doctor? He says, well, I need to make a confession to you. Confession? I have a question mark in the middle of my head. What do you mean? He says, I realized as a result of working with you that I've been talking loudly, but I haven't been saying anything. Wow. And I nearly became tearful Because that was a lot to say. A lot to say. Yeah. I did not know where to put that. I still don't know where to put that. Okay. Mm Mhm. So I meant what I said is one of the most powerful, difficult backhanded compliments that I've ever received
1: in the entirety of my life. Wow. Yes. And it still messes with you to this day, huh?
3: To this moment, as I said to you. I don't know where to put that.
1: Yeah. That's something. That is something. But I definitely have to come and meet you man to man. And I'm definitely going to take that suggestion, put it on my list, because that's one thing that I felt spiritually I have to do. Yes. Because, you know, we have our own issues and stuff like that. And um, that's one of the things that I need to do. I felt like I need to do. I look forward to meeting you in person. And you're welcome
3: to call me. As I tell <laughs> our dear mutual friend, Cindy, call
1: me anytime. <laughs> Cindy and actually think- has a question, actually. She actually asked a question. Yeah, Cindy.
4: Yeah, what's up? Oh my God, this conversation is so beautiful. My question to you is, what do you tell a woman, a lady, a girl, who is raising a son by herself? I have a lot of friends that, her like, what do you, you know, because a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of single mothers, right? Doesn't matter the religion. Yeah doesn't matter the fucking yeah. race. Yes. Like how do you get them to understand that this is a boy? You know, I I've heard people talk to their sons like I don't I can't even say a dog, people are nicer. Uh You know? How do you yep. I I have a son. I don't I don't do that. But <laughs> I've I've seen it. You know? Sit down, shut the fuck up. Yes. I, 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 like, this is like, I don't know how do you expect someone to get to the next level. You know, there's songs like I Can't well, Raise a Man and, you know, all these women's well, anthems. So,
3: we have to, op- we as two people, male, female, have to open up and understand that. Our understanding of who we are as a person has to be broader so that we can open up to those that we have responsibility for, toward, and with. Raising, quote-unquote, raising a child is only finding a way to contribute to his or her growth in such a way that our understanding improves as a part of the contributions that we make to each other. I say the family must come first, not the individual, because it is the individual who's born into a family. That unit that unit called the family makes the individual powerful and a powerful contributor to the growth of everyone. Nothing is more powerful than the birth of a child within a family. Everyone smiles upon the arrival of a child. Everyone. The child is the magician. It brings warmth, complementality to all of those around him or her at birth. It unifies, does something, Gravity pulls together a quality within the family, within the group. Now, there are circumstances under which a child is born that one has compromised about concerning and therefore puts things upon the child without taking responsibility for the decisions that they make, which results in the child follow what i'm saying now we must be willing to take responsibility for what we create because that's the capability we have in the book that i have that i've written called i died and came to earth i talk about pre-birth as an aspect of birth Why? Because there's a choice that had to be made, which results in your arrival. We want to oftentimes deny that we made that choice. How does it affect the mother? Well, if the mother had a child under duress, the pain associated with the birth of that child, the spiritual birth of that child, makes it difficult for her to embrace the child. Because now she looks upon the child as being a burden. Well, the person who's responsible for creating the burden is not the child, it's the mother. If she then doesn't have the skills, and the male doesn't have the skills, to work out the complementary relationships that's required of them to further the idea of father and mother, that's why one goes to parents. But if the continuity of, of that has been disrupted, as it has been with the African here in this country, then we're seeing that displayed as criminality, crime... Other kinds of reluctant things, disagreement between fathers and sons, have not wanted to know anything about their father, and oftentimes it's the mother who's the source of the information coming to the child concerning the father. Well, she then is heaping on the child. Her disagreement with the father is that the father is the blame and responsible for everything associated with the decisions of the child. Well, that's not true. That's dishonesty. So honesty plays a key part in making it possible for people to learn how to manage their relationship with each other and with the child without branding the child as being accountable for something that the child couldn't possibly be accountable for. The effects of that is some of that which you're you're mentioning. But those are effects of an earlier cause based upon something the mother and the father couldn't or didn't know how to do. The result is to get some of the effects that we're discussing. So the growth and healing of the family is an essential part as a unit because it is the family that must come first because the individuals make up the family and the complementary association and contributions by each of those members makes the other individuals stronger and more powerful. This country teaches you that the individual is more important than the family. That's a lie. That's a horrible lie. That's a horrible deception because oftentimes too frequently the mother who is primarily the source of information for the vast number of children is degrading the father simply because they, as two people, did not know how to manage their relationship with each other. And somebody made a decision not to participate in something because one wanted to control and the other says, I won't allow you to do that for whatever the reasons might be. All of those things lead to pain, suffering, disagreement. And subsequently, very, very, very difficult situations for the children and boys have a particular problem. Why? Because they must go outside the family to learn the things that they know. The girl can stay home. She can just be in the house. Sons can't do that. He must learn from outside of the structure of the family. He doesn't have a choice in that matter. He cannot stay home and ever learn how to be a man. He has to go out into the world to participate in life, living practical and impractical, and must have the skills to manage that flow which is gonna come to him from the outside, from other men, both logical, sensible, and deception and painful and difficult. And if he manages that, he might end up safe and sound. But he, between the two, male and female, is the most likely to have his life ended much earlier, even if he lives a natural life. He usually dies earlier. He leaves sooner than the two people. But that's the nature of having chosen to be here.
1: You know what, Yusuf? Now that you hit that, I've been going through an internal struggle you um, give a little background information on me I grew up in the suburbs of Illinois Naperville mm-hmm. to be exact And my parents pretty much coddled me I was mm-hmm. small, brats Or whatever mm-hmm. Now at age 29 mm-hmm. I started to feel That burden of the, what was the consequences of being spoiled Because I haven't Gone through that struggle But now I'm mm-hmm. starting to you know, get another job and try to get my own place and stuff like that. And I'm not gonna lie, it's really hard, but I'm up for the challenge. So, what do you say to somebody like me that's in that position? Because you said something that was, I believe, was very true. Struggle creates a man. Yes, he has to go. A man has to go through a certain struggle in order for me, in order for them to become that man. And my parents are really big on me staying in a nice place, you know, doing this and doing that because of the lifestyle that I was raised in, which I understand that, but at the same time, it's hindering me. So what do you say to that?
3: I say find a mentor. Find someone that you appreciate enough to want to learn from them and listen carefully to what they offer to you as instruction. Find not just one but as many as you feel that you can learn things from. Okay. It. Yeah I mean um, it's <laughs> it, well the idea of being spoiled in and of itself by definition is what? Rotten. And <laughs> <laughs> at, 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 at least non-productive in the manner that may be required. You follow? Right. That? I mean it's it's not a good bad situation but the way you learn how to be a bricklayer my brother is by laying brick there's no other way to do do it it. you have to do it it yes there you go there's a practical side in your participation in life that if you avoid it you will not know what's required of you in the future Yeah. yes sir it's not complicated you know but parents don't want children to be hurt and sons have to be protected because sons are out in the world that cares nothing about them and will do things to them, right, and harm them. Well, mothers are very interesting. They want their sons to be safe, but they want their daughters to get married. Fathers are the opposite. Boy, get out of here as quickly as you can.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs)
1: That's very
3: true. That's very true. Fathers want the daughters to stay home. Why? Because they want to protect them. Mothers mm-hmm. want the sons to leave right under, mm-hmm. carefully, orchestrate, under carefully orchestrated instructions why she wants to approve your life she wants to approve who you get married to I want to know if she's good enough for my son mm-hmm. father say boy go out and make a choice <laughs> stand on what you decide so you get the opposite flow. fathers want to protect daughters Mothers want to protect sons. Father say, boy, you got to go. Mother says, daughter, you got to go find somebody to marry. Now, isn't that interesting?
1: Mm. Very interesting. I have a question, too. I'm thinking of new questions. <laughs> you, you are, are very, very knowledgeable. <laughs> I don't want, you're a very knowledgeable youth. I'm glad that I'm able to have this interview with you. So, thank you. You also teach. Uh, you also teach your students about women in their nature. So, in terms of how women are very like hypergamous, meaning they'll find a guy that you know that's more stable, more financially stable, and stuff like I, that. I, like, you teach, you teach that, or is it more catered towards like family?
3: Well, I think my thoughts are following, I, the, I don't have any beliefs, but I would suggest to you with a degree of certainty, observe that the, the female, by virtue of the circumstances of life and living, looks towards persons who can offer them the greatest amount of protection and or slash security, okay? Because what she doesn't want to do is to have to fight against the odds of just being who she is. Why? She's a woman. She wants to be cared for. She wants to have things and stuff. Men are not. Men are inventors of things. Women are the possessors of things. You understand? We don't need washing machines. We don't need dishwashers. Okay. We don't really need luxury cars, but we'll buy them, you know. But oftentimes that's motivated because of our desire to get the attention of someone that we care about. But that is not something we need now. But we, we are gifted with being rather naive and stupid because we're trying to please the person who's a part of our life. Why? Because once we have been chosen by them, to be their mate, that quality that we want access to from them, we don't ever downplay it. We try to figure out a way to keep it.
1: Okay. <laughs> you are absolutely right about that. Took... Oh okay. my goodness. <laughs> now, then
3: we, we make the error in judgment that, well, if she got one, then she must have one too. Let me see. <laughs> okay, well, there, therein, therein lies the stupidity of it because then we end up betraying the trust of the person that we say we wouldn't break the trust of so then we become suspect because we don't make decisions properly but here's interesting something that's very interesting in those areas of life and living women are much more promiscuous than men and far more capable of enjoying intimacy than any man can, and can participate in it longer than any man can. Point of fact. Mm. Okay? However, her quality of understanding is such that she can accept the fact that you can have another female. But she may not accept the fact of the truth of that unless you tell her the truth concerning it you got what I just said Mm Mhm. polygamy is not an unusual quality across the planet no it's not women are much more receptive of polygamy than men are of other men
1: with their
3: particular woman now that's a very interesting thing but a lot of it has to do with the truth that you're willing to tell and that you're willing for her to hear but you gotta run the risk of losing her by telling her the truth But it's better to tell her the truth and get her to disagree than to do it, and therefore she doesn't know about it, and therefore she ends up disagreeing with your behavior because you didn't tell her the truth. Give her the opportunity to refuse. That can make a difference between whether you have a stable relationship or whether you have a broken one. Now, but if your theological reasoning comes out of those three great religions, then you got an interesting problem because most of us do not understand the very religion that we say we believe.
1: Hmm. You got it? Sydney ha- has another question. <laughs>
4: I am so sorry. Yes, okay, so uh, being that we're on relationship, so today I was kind of like, yeah. uh, I went on social media and there was this woman <coughs> that was complaining that she had been with her mate for about five years. She was probably in yeah. her late 30s almost 40 and she gave him an mm-hmm. ultimatum marry me mm. or I'm going to Vegas well she said right up until okay. up to that point the man started helping her pack her shit and putting the car to go to <laughs> Vegas and she was shocked mm-hmm. well I don't do ultimatums yeah. you know and so my whole thing is from your a man's perspective how yeah. does a woman Get a man to marry her. Now, I'll say this in a disclaimer. I've never begged a man to marry me. I've got six rings. I would be Tom Brady. Okay, because, do you get know what I'm saying? Oh, I've never, I don't know, I don't know about that life. But then I also was raised by somebody that was born in 1925, if you get my drift. So now, my whole thing is, how how does one in today's society, because it's it's the same but different, how does a woman get a man without ultimatums? Because ultimatums are like for children, right? And we really shouldn't be talking. What do you you normally say? We we talk at each other, not with each other. How does a, yeah. a woman get a man to see her for who she is without begging? Because begging is be with a bum. We don't beg. Nobody should be begging to be loved. Nobody should be begging to be married. That's begging for change. That's insane.
3: All right, go ahead. Well, it seems, seems to be a lot of charge on this. Yes. <laughs> Eat it. I that was yes, it. Man. it there, there, there's more in this than can be said. <laughs> okay. No, I'm only kidding. Plus, one, no one likes to be offered an ultimatum. You will react. React, not give great consideration, thought, or thinking to an ultimatum. Because that is born out of fear. You're asking me to be afraid of something that you want to embrace. Want me to embrace honorably? Can't do that. I can't do that. As a person, I can't do that. If you don't do blah blah blah, the consequences are blah 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 blah. That engenders fear of loss or fear to gain something that you may not want. That isn't that isn't born out of understanding. That's born out of coercion. No one likes to be coerced into doing anything. That isn't fair. That isn't honorable. If I care enough, you know, we stop this. say I've been married four five times. Okay, five times. Mm. It- now, yeah, that's 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 the proper request.
4: <laughs>
1: okay That's four or five times You yeah. know what okay. that's, not,
4: that's not really bad My daughter saw the ring She said mom you was pimping I was like lord no I wasn't pimping <laughs> Okay Now here's why Because I cared enough About the people
3: That I decided to marry That I was willing to participate In life to live them To whatever degree that required of me And I did not have any way of knowing what that would require. You got it? But I was willing to participate and find out. Now, did things turn out the way I'd like them to be? Obviously not. But I found something very interesting. I'll share this with you. My very first wife, our son, our oldest son is 50 years old Plus, 51, 52 years old now after 30 plus years she will call me and talk to me and tell me you need to talk to your son my son is 50 years old you <laughs> <laughs> need to talk to my son you know what I'm saying wow. but the beauty of it is her willingness to communicate with me you see what I'm saying mm-hmm and that I treasure more than anything. And I will call to find out how she's doing. Now, here's what I'm saying. What females who wish to be married have to have a viewpoint of men. For men to be married in some ways is a non-essential activity to participate in as an activity. But for her it is the confirmation of his affirmative care of her. He doesn't need the marriage, but she does because for her, it is a confirmation of her value to him. Now, that's one part. The second part is that realizing this country, marriage is done totally different than how it's done in other places at one point in the history we we are uh, we have adapted an european perspective of what marriage is so marriage in this social construct is a a a coronation of the female it is accepting the idea that the queen is more important than the king it's like a chess game in some regard the king is a is a powerful piece but the queen is the most powerful piece on the chessboard is that right right now Uh At the same time, you find here is the dichotomy of silliness. It is the queen that's the most powerful piece on the chessboard, but in the religion, it is the woman who in fact is the creator of sin and derision and corruption. That's insane. Think about that. Because the Mm. queen is the essence and the core of what makes life possible. There is no life without the existence of the female. She is the custodian of life. My dear wife, beautiful, six foot three, very smart, much smarter than she is beautiful. Okay? Now, I say that to say this. I'm just giving you some understanding of my understanding based upon what you asked. My, my dear wife, love her, known her. Since she was 26 years old. Wow. She was my friend for a extremely long time. We've been married now, going in 11 years, and the circumstances of that marriage is a whole nother interview. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But here's something that she <laughs> said to me. Here's something she said to me, and she's asleep now. But here's something she said to me. She held on to the view that being asked to be married for her was supremely important. Okay? Let me restate that. She held on to the view that being asked to be married was extremely important to her. Now, I never asked her to marry me. But we are married. So just 48 hours ago, the subject came up again. And because there were other things that were taking place in terms of confusion and indifference and misunderstanding and trying to grapple with understanding because of, I'm a male, she's a female. And not always those two things go together. You understand? Now, that having been said, so there's a lot that had to be worked on, worked toward, worked for, and worked worked at to get to the point where we could have the discussion that I'm going to share with you now, that being this. She says, why did you, this is a paraphrase, she says, why did you deny me that um, question so that I in turn could em- embrace that question as something that you wanted? I said, let me say to you, why? <clears throat> yes, I just told her this, this yesterday. Let me tell you why when i was going to come to las vegas you were not a part of the plan you were not the circumstances of my coming to las vegas were such that i was leaving but you and i had been so close for such a long period of time that you had a situation in which you requested my assistance and that assistance was a life-changing set of circumstances and you asked me to correct a situation financially that you were involved in or it was going to cause you a tremendous amount of problems so i consented to do that and once i saw the desperation the pain the suffering under which you were under i decided that moment in time i would never leave your side so when i decided to come here and you decided that you wanted to Come with me. I only had one thing to say to you. Get in the car. we got in the car, we came here. We were married a year after we arrived here. I said, I would never, will never leave this side. And certainly would never have left you alone, given the circumstances and the situation that you're dealing with at the time. So, therefore, it never occurred to me that I needed to ask you anything, because you already, from my viewpoint, became mine. A, mm.
4: a question from the audience that asked me if you have a younger brother. <laughs>
3: Not one that I would refer you to. <laughs> oh my goodness! You sir. I, I do have a I do have a younger brother. I, I uh, somewhere in that question is um, an appreciation that <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I may need or not need to know anything about, but I I do have an appreciation for the question. My 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 point to you sending to you Stephen, is whatever i have learned and i can perhaps offer that as an understanding to those listeners including yourself i'm happy and honored to be able to do that because it isn't that i know a great deal it is that i know that i don't know a great deal (laughs) okay (laughs) And, and and because of that i can honestly answer out of my experience that which I'm saying to you, because I'm hoping that somewhere it broadens your desire to attack, approach, and involve yourself in the lives of others with understanding. That's why I suggest to you, please value understanding because it will save, prevent, and enhance. Excuse me, excuse me. It will enhance your life by utilizing the principle of understanding to further your lives. And if any contribution I make enhances your ability to to, uh, embrace understanding and thereby heal, solve, resolve, and prevent things that I have gone through. I never wanted to be married five times. I never wanted to leave any of the uh, wives that I've had a part of my life. And the fact that I can talk with some of them, not all of them, Um, at this time in my life, for me, is an honor and very much appreciated. Okay? Um, So it is a hard-won process that I've gone through by mapping to my life and creating the destiny that has resulted
1: in my ability to say that, which I've said to you so far. That's great. This is a great interview, Yusuf. I really thank you for having this interview with me, man. I really do. I really appreciate the wisdom that you just preach to us, to me and Sydney, and to everybody that's listening and tuning to my podcast tonight. Mm. Well, do me, really do. do
3: me a favor. Do me a favor. Suggest to your audience, and especially the two of you, and do not call me a preacher. I'm not as a I Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't I know boy.
3: I'm just saying like you really no, were I'm, like I'm 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 with you, I understand. I'm
1: messing with you a bit, but I didn't mean what I said. <laughs> okay. I understand. I understand. They got a bad rap They got a bad uh, but yeah,
3: that's that's I mean, I wanna know what I did to you for you to call me a preacher. what I do? I mean- <laughs> No, I just said that you were preaching. I know. No, I know. I'm only,
1: yeah. No, no, I wasn't messing with you. I'm messing with you, man.
3: It's cool. You good. <laughs> we we good. No, I'm all good.
1: Everything's fine. Feels good, man. I appreciate you, man. I really do, and I would definitely keep in contact with you. Please. Do. I hope you have a great night, man.
3: Okay, listen, you made it. <laughs> so already, I did. It's been a great have evening. A great thank night. you so much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, and have a good evening. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you.
1: We're
3: still <laughs> live on the air. But thank you. <laughs> the honor, the honor truly is mine. I learned a lot. Thanks. Talk with you both soon.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Cindy, everybody that's on the pod, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. That was Yusuf Suda founder of the Sun's Sonship Foundation you can go to sun s-u-n-z-s-h-i-p dot org to learn more about the foundation they're located in Las Vegas I want to thank you guys for listening to this thing. Uh, ugh, I can't talk right now. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to this CVB podcast, the Education of C It's been a while since I did the pod, guys. Forgive me. It's 1 o'clock. It's 1 22 at night. I don't know why I'm getting tired. I just took a nap or whatever. But tune in next Thursday. I will see you guys then. Till then, peace. This is on the wake up radio. Subscribe. Go to on un- uh, OTW2. Come on, man. Censorship is high right now. And y'all got to keep the message on the censorship free. otw on the wake up radio.com. You already know the cash app. You already know the PayPal. Don't be stupid. Don't be weird. Let's get this thing going. Eventually, y'all going to stop going to YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, have a good night, man. I'm out.
2: Back <laughs> when I was a child before life removed all the air. Another chance, another walk, another dance with him. I'd play a song that would never, ever end. How I'd love, love to dance with my father again.
0: Lord, individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dianne.
4: Cindy,
0: ask for the production. On the wake up. Kids Shop Yet organization programs are finally
4: here. Visit
0: ksyet.org to register. We provide you with the mindset change information as an introduction to doing business in America. Our Beginner's Instructional Services Manual introduces the basic fundamentals to knowledge and understanding to begin your ladder to success. Call us at 725-200-8342. That's 725-200-8342 for more info. Kids shop yet class sign up for the high school, young adult, and grown folks programs can be found at our website, ksyet.org. That's ksyet.org. If you don't
5: decide your future, someone else will. Pass it on. Attention, African Americans. Our healthy and secure position in America is not going to come just because we've been here and have contributed to this country for several centuries. It is not going to come by just waiting for America to do the right thing. The culture of of America is grounded in the evil driving force called the survival of the fittest. This concept justified racism and exportation. This concept is still strong and is a major player in many of America's policies today. In ignorance, many of us have tagged along with this man Made but the Bible says envy not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Therefore we must turn more of our energies to the appreciation and development of our own selves instead of begging those who pushed us down to extend their hands to pull us up. Look to the strength that God has created in you. We must stand up, assess the damage, put on the armor of self-appreciation, the sword of a healthy mindset, and fight. We are in a war in a serious mindset battle. A good starting step would be reading the book titled, They Stole It! but you must return it by Richard Williams, This book looks at the slavery experiences in America and how these experiences still affect African Americans and white Americans today. It is an easy and quick read. The book offers insight It also offers methods and ways for the black family to become strong and healthy. And because of the many requests and the continuing need, this bestseller has been reprinted. But also it is available now on your iPhone, iPad, or computer. Now you can easily download the book from Amazon.com for only $3 Sense. Every American should read this book. It is a primer. To think unity, we must start with the same information. Get and read this book now. It is time for a mindset revolution.
0: to sign up for otw2 type in otw2 in your browser it will bring up the home page then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account use your best email select a username and then enter a good secure password now you're at the home page click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.
4: Just get your body to move. What stops me? Shake the room. your body to move why do i need to why do i need to let on the wake up play won't stop till they hear what we say yeah let on the wake up play why do i need to
2: why do i need to just get your body to move won't stop till we shake the room yeah